I don't know. Because They're not really they, there for they the food. They give us the wine really fast, <laughs> so we're not really noticing how slow the food's coming out. We didn't see a person to wait on us for yeah. a good 12 minutes and 37 seconds. Even to get a drink? Yeah. Ridiculous. Did you tell them who that you were? I told them how the Clydesdale has entered yeah. the stable. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Steve Denton, and I'm a big-ass runner from Lexington, South Carolina. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from around the world. Now, here's your host, the original big-ass runner, El Jefe, Jeff Harrell. Steve, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. As Steve said, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 167. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we have a great show for you today. I say that every week because I truly, truly believe it, and it's mainly because we've got two, actually three, awesome guests on the show today. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a really great documentary on trail running. I've heard from several of you that watched it, who loved it. It's called Just one mile. It's the story of the Mid-State Mile in Franklin, Tennessee. And we have John Cox on the show. He is, he corrected me in the interview. I thought he was race director. He said he's the assistant race director. Either way, he's awesome. And we're going to talk about the Mid-State Mile. And you're really going to love this because he talks about the why. Why do they put this race on? They started it for one reason, but they've it's kind of evolved into something a little bit different. And you're really going to enjoy that conversation with John. He's great. That's segment one. Segment two, she's back. Marcy Baser will be here. We have a great segment two. Ask Marcy Baser. You're going to enjoy that as well. But first, how is your training going? I wanted to know because I've been thinking about my training and it was going splendidly until I had a little bit of a, it's not an injury, more of just a niggle or nuggle or snuggle or this one, a snuggle. I guess it's called a niggle. I don't know, but I've got some insertional, it sounds weird, insertional Achilles tendonitis. Because I've been up in my mileage, been running mainly on the roads, unfortunately, because of the time of day I need to run. Because it's so stinking hot. And by the way, I just looked up the temperature in Latvia. You you folks in Latvia that are listening right now, enjoy your 72 degrees high. Phenomenal. Hope you're enjoying that. But it's been hot. And... I find myself complaining about the heat quite a bit. Now, it is ridiculously hot here in Texas. Where you are, it may be hot, may not be. It's been in the upper, well, over 100 pretty much every day. 109. I don't remember being this hot. It's always bad in August, but don't remember it being this hot. And I've been complaining about it a lot. I was on a run the other day with Stephen and Henry. And I was complaining about how hot it was. And Stephen was like, hey, this is great training. You know, you're, you're training through this hot weather. 
once it starts to cool down, man, you're going to be ready to roll. And it got me thinking, why am I wishing away this end of the summer? Don't get me wrong. I love fall and I'm ready for fall. But why am I wishing away any, really anything at this point? Embrace every opportunity. Embrace every moment. I was reminded by Stephen about that. And that he didn't even mean it that way, I don't think. That's how I took it. It's like, you know what? You're right. Enjoy the time that we have in the time that you're in. Make the best of it and don't wish it away because it'll be gone soon enough. So I'm changing my mindset. I'm embracing the heat. I'm jumping back into training. My Achilles is feeling better. Went to my podiatrist and he's got me good to go. Excited about training. Excited about some of the races we've got planned, including, by the way, have you signed up for Lake Murray? Come on into Oklahoma. We're going to have a good time. I think we're going to do some karaoke. You heard that last week. Very, very excited about the end of summer. I Don't get me wrong. Can't wait for fall, but I'm not going to wish away the time. I'm changing my mindset. Just thought I'd share. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number 167 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is the race director for the Mid-State Mile, John Cox. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I think the, the, my official title is assistant race director, and we let Becca wear that race director crown. Oh, there you go. Hey, well done. That's well done. Yeah. <laughs> assistant, assistant race director. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we've had <laughs> Becca on the show before, mm-hmm. and she talked to us about FKTs and gave us lots of good insight into that. A little bit of a mystery, I think, for a lot of people. There's a website that has them on there. I had no idea she shared some of that great information. And then a couple episodes ago, I told everybody about Just One Mile. What a powerful documentary that was. How much I enjoyed it. And I thought, hey, let's see if we can get John on the show to talk a little bit more about that, but also talk a little bit about your role as assistant race director and <laughs> <laughs> all the things and, and how that came to be. And then I think it's always interesting to hear too from from someone who sees a lot as a race director and sees what people do well, what people maybe some mistakes and sharing that with our listeners too. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff. Before we get into any of that, I would love for the Big Ass Runner Herd. That's what we call our listeners. They're awesome people. They are everyday runners, balancing life and big goals and all kinds of things. I'd love for them to get to know you a little bit. So, John, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and some of your athletic background. Yeah, I'm certainly an everyday runner, and uh, I grew up in northern Indiana. My athletic background is mostly non-existent. I I didn't (laughs) play sports in high school. I think I played junior high football because it's a mandate kind of like the draft. You have to play junior high football, especially if you're from a small town. So that's what I did. And that's that's mostly it. Nothing notable there at all. I started running in 2013 or 14. I wanted to run a marathon because I didn't know anybody that done that. And to, at the time, that was the farthest you could run for me. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know there was anything beyond that. But in somewhere in that process, I heard about 
the Leadville 100. And I think before I'd ran that marathon, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to run a hundred miles because that seems like an incredible journey. And it's a journey that I want to take on and I'm still in the process of it. I'm curious because we, we talk a lot on the show because a lot of us didn't grow up as runners. It, mm-hmm. you know, we have a few that maybe did cross country or something like that. Usually in football, I played basketball. Usually running is punishment. You got to run lines or suicides <laughs> or laps or you did something wrong. So take a lap. John, take yeah. a lap. Yeah. I'm curious. You, you, you decided to run a marathon because you didn't know anybody that had done that. Why running? Yeah, I needed to. I wasn't healthy. I wasn't happy with who I was. You know, some of that's physical, but a lot of it's just mental and emotional, not being happy with who you are. Probably not an uncommon thread amongst all runners. And I wanted to change my life. And I thought running would do that. I started just running one mile a day. I ran one mile and I ran one mile for a week. And then I think the next Saturday I ran a mile and a half. And I was like, this is crazy. I can run a mile and a half, two miles and just kept going. Wanted to do something that I didn't think could be done. Wanted to do something that other people didn't think I could do, quite honestly. Yeah, we hear we hear that pretty often. It's like trying to defy the odds a bit where people are like mm-hmm. kind of de- defining what you can or cannot do and then wanting to bust through that. You mentioned Leadville 100. You wanted to do a 100-mile race. Did, did you do that? I have attempted to run 100 miles a couple times. I've fallen <laughs> short once admirably, I think, and then once miserably. <laughs> But I haven't, I haven't ran 100 miles yet. I'm thinking 2024 will be the year. 23 got busy, and I just didn't have that urge. I was had some other goals and doing some really cool stuff and didn't have that pull to feel like it was something I had to do. Next year, it's something I definitely want to do because I know that I'm capable of doing it. Absolutely. Well, we have, have that in common. I've not done a 100-miler either, and 2024 <laughs> is the goal. Bryce Canyon – Hey, May of 24, we'll see. Get it done, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually battling a little bit of tendonitis right now, so I'm I'm worried. Not worried. I'm optimistic, maybe concerned (laughs) a little bit, but (laughs) health is such a big, big part of it, but we'll Mm -hmm. get there. Well, yeah, I would love to dive into, you know, okay, so you've you've decided you want to do a 100-miler. You've had a couple of tries at that. We know you as now... Now we know assistant race director of the Mid-State Mile. <laughs> Tell us how about that. How did how did the Mid-State Mile get started? Oh, man. Long story short, so I moved to Nashville, got hooked up with the trail running club, wanted to run trails, knew that most 100 miles took place on a trail. So I started trail running. That was many years ago now. But there was an event that happened in 2020, which kind of over crowded our local parks. And, you know, we've got a really solid group of friends and, and a run club and we like to run on Saturdays, Saturday mornings and, and through the week. And we just felt like we couldn't do that anymore. You couldn't go for a run as a group and you couldn't hang out afterwards. And it was just chaos. So the fabulous BMFJ, Becca Jones, obviously grew up on this family farm outside Franklin, Tennessee. She grew up running out there. She'd always talked about wanting to have people out there to run and clearing the trail. So one April Saturday, <laughs> rented a leaf blower and that's what we did and we invited people to come out and run fired our friends to to come out and hang out and run and just enjoy the normalcy that was running through the woods for us and it was the second saturday i think they said you guys should have a race out here <laughs> and so we went okay and that's what we did and, and it went from i think april 
that was the first or second weekend in April, maybe. And we hosted the first Mid-State Mile in June on Father's Day weekend. <laughs> and so it was it was just with our friends. And we did it with a lot of help from our friends to get that first race off the ground. And there was a little back and forth and what we could actually do, what kind of race we could put on a 50K with on a one-mile loop seemed, seemed rather dull. And there's timing and all these other things you got to consider. And so the last man standing is one of my favorite formats of running and um, I think it's a really pure form of ultra running to figure out how long people can really run and so we settled on that and we didn't have four miles but we had a one mile loop and we had a a mile loop that was pretty tough with 340 feet of elevation gain and loss hills that are pretty steep and so we settled on three miles an hour or 3.3 miles an hour in 20 minutes and that's what we did this is what we have and and so this is what we're going to offer people and the original concept of the race is was just trying to get 50 of our friends to come out and run. Let's see if this concept works. Let's invite people out. Let's let's see if this thing that we want to do will even work. You know, we didn't know. This sounds cool, but it could be a disaster. So Peg and I talked and we're going to, you know, we're going to invite 50 people out and we're going to run it for 24 hours just to see if it works. And she was in charge of the ultra sign up and, and God bless her. She was right. She uh, called me. She said, hey, ultra signup is live. By the way, we didn't cap it on entrance or time. We're just going to do it. <laughs> and God love her. She was right because that first year, the finish we had and the people that showed up, it was it was really incredible. It was something that moved everybody that was there. I think, you know, I don't want to say it was a spark, but it was definitely a realization that we had something that was real. And was that first year 2020? That was the first year of the race? Or was that 2020? Yeah, because the documentary is twenty twenty one. Yeah, right. That so is correct. Really, the second time you guys had had the race was when they did the documentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is pretty cool. On honesty, you know, second year in a race, you get a documentary going on. That's that's fun. Amazing. Well, and I'm, here's a couple of things. First, you know, the pandemic didn't. There's not a lot of good, in my opinion, that came from it. But it sounds like here's one thing that was good that came from the pandemic. You guys. Mm-hmm. created this race because like you said we couldn't run together we <laughs> missed the trails we missed the community and you guys leveraged the the opportunity that you had at the land to to create that so that's awesome I, i'm curious because a lot of people may have not have seen the documentary may not know much about the race and you mentioned the loop tell us a little bit about what as you guys thought through the format what how you landed on the, the last man standing and what are the requirements yeah, so last band standing means that everybody's going to run until only one person can can complete the loop. So traditionally, those are longer trails. They're 4.167 miles, and we didn't have that. But the one-mile loop we had was pretty tough. So then it's like, okay, how much time should we give? How much time is too much? How much time isn't enough? And it was honestly Becky and I and her daughter walking out there and, and doing it in 20 minutes I'm like, well, if an 11 year old can can walk this in about 20 minutes, then trained athletes should certainly be able to do it. And so then you go, you know, timing 20 minute loops, they fit really nicely into an hour. So that was part of it. Like, how can we keep time on it? We didn't want to come up with an odd number where maybe it's 25, but then it gets real wonky. You don't know how far you're going. We tried to keep things simple for our benefit. Yeah. So that's how we got to 20 minutes. And then if you draw that out, into downtime an hour, you get about nine, 10 minutes for most people. And if you scale it up to the traditional backyard, 
those individuals are getting about 10 minutes of downtime an hour. So it kind of fits nicely into this, I don't want to say box, but it lines up well with what other races are doing in the last man format. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. We were talking before we hit record, I think and I've not done a last man standing or, or a loop like this, but we were talking about you know, the community. And I, and I think what I love about trail running is the community. Mm-hmm. When you run a traditional race, which I love, I love races. I love going to races, seeing people. <laughs> you see everybody at the start and I'm a, a slower runner. So I usually don't see anybody else for a while. You so you, you come across a few people and you'll talk it up with them as you're running and you'll see people at aid stations but this is a totally different. You're with a group of people mm-hmm. and you see those people pretty much the whole time. So talk to us a little bit about the dynamic <laughs> of your race. Whether you want to or not, uh, you, you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. It's not only the most meaningful, important part of the event for us as race directors, Becca and I, and our friends that help us, but it's, it's become the most meaningful part for the people that attend as well. And, and, and to that end, the people who show up, matter a lot and we are very we're very cautious of and and wanting to curate that corral and curate you know who those runners are and it would be really easy to say hey we want the best fastest gnarliest you know who can run the farthest we want them here and that's all it's going to be but that's not what we want it matters not just how far you can run but who you are in that process while you're there how do you treat the people around you do you run from positivity and gratitude and joy do you give back are you grateful at the end of the day are you there and you having a good time even though you're miserable and suffering those are the things that i think the everyday runner does because that's kind of how you have to get through races most times in an ultra you can't you can't do it from a defeated state so it's who the people are and it's them showing up and being who they are and being genuine and being full of hope and joy and gratitude that make that really special and for the guys that are fast and are used to running out there all on their own. One, you can't run away from anybody. And then two, it it really shows up for them that they get to experience what most of us in the middle of the pack or back of the pack experiences with running with somebody you don't know because you're just trying to get through it together, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, And so they get that too. And that was one of the really neat things about that year, year two, and having Luke Balsh while they're out is that was the first time I think that he's ran with people. You know, he's a fast guy. He's an FKT guy. He's a front of the pack guy. He sees you at the start line and then he takes off and he's home before you get to the finish line. So that was really neat to see him in the corral and in the group of people and how he interacted and how much joy he brought and the stories he told and the people he talked to. It was really fun. I want to dive into the documentary here in a second. But before I do that, I I, I want to land on something you, you said to me earlier before we hit record and because I know this started as, well, we're in the pandemic. We miss running with our friends. We have an opportunity to do that here on the property. But I think it's evolved a little bit. You just mentioned it's <laughs> about it's about the who's there and, the, and that. But you're also, you also mentioned to me really about growth and, and helping mm-hmm. people grow. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, and, and that's what we found in the race is that there is no better place to figure out who you are, how you respond and what your shortcomings are and what you need to improve. So that doesn't matter. And it's not just running like who you are as a person. If you want to find out, you can find out in about 10 hours at mid state or six hours at mid state where it would take you 60, 70, 80, 90, a hundred miles to find out somewhere else. It breaks everything down. It puts you in a box and you have to be 
really good at what you're doing and you have to know what you're doing there to be successful. And to be successful doesn't mean winning the race. Being successful means going farther than you thought you could go. And we want people that as far as they can go is three loops every year because we want them to come back next year and run five or six. We want that growth for people. It's great to see people run for 41 hours or, or, or lo- even longer and rack up 140 miles. Like, that's awesome. That's what we're all here for. We want to see who can run the farthest. But for Becky and I, we want to see people that only thought they could run one mile run four and people that only thought they could run a half marathon run a 50K. That's the growth that we're here for because it allows you to run farther than you ever have. And every year we have people show up that have only ran a half marathon or short distance or even a 50K and they blow their expectations out of the water because they're willing to keep saying yes and they're willing to grow in that process and they're willing to keep going when, uh, you know, they didn't think they could. It's, it's, that's what we're there for. We want to see people come back and run farther than they thought they could. And I think it's interesting too, and like I said, we'll dive into the documentary here in a second, but you see people go from competitor to cheerleader or encourager <laughs> like yeah. with, within one lap, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you decide this, you know, I'm done. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're there cheering everybody else on. Yeah. And I think to me that that speaks so loudly about the, the ultra and trail running community is I think a lot of people cherish both of those roles, right? They, they, they cherish the competitor because they want to push themselves and grow, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, but then also be able to be out there and, and it, you had, you had people, you know, bandaging other competitors feet and help them clean up puke or whatever the case may be. All of a sudden they're yeah. there to, to be the support staff and just be, be part of the team. And I think there was someone there too that, if I remember from the documentary, I guess we'll dive into documentary now <laughs> to some degree. I think there was someone who didn't have a crew, but all of a sudden some of the competitors who had finished kind of jumped in and kind of were helping out as well. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Now Luke, who took second that year uh, with the assist, showed up without a crew. He didn't have anybody helping him. And at the end, there was a dozen people around him, you know, getting him everything he needs and helping him go forward. And you realize in life that you can't you can't go through life alone and you you can't do it all on your own. You need help. And same thing with ultra running. Ultra running isn't a one man sport. It's (laughs) it's a community and and, and you need a team behind you. And, And to see people just wanted to be there for Luke because Luke needed it and be there for Chad, too. If Luke comes up a little shorter because he didn't have the, the support that he needed or, or support that would have helped him go longer than maybe Chad doesn't get what he's looking for that day either. So it, it just, it helps everybody when you help everybody. Yeah. So true. So you have year one, how many people ran that first year? I think we had about 80 people that year, maybe wow. 85, somewhere around in there. I don't not too sure. We had more than expected. That's for sure. And Chad was one of those. Is that right? Chad was one of those people, you know, him and Becca had met running trails in North Georgia and we'd met him down at the, the Georgia Jewel when he was running that. And, you know, he was one of the invites like, hey, we're putting on this race. It'd be cool if you came up and run it. There's nothing else going on. And, and so him and a couple of friends came up and ran. And he was one of those people. He took home the trophy the first year and the quilt. I'm curious because we mentioned the documentary is year two. 
How did that come to be? Do you, do you know, like, how does someone hear about that? You got to have a <laughs> film crew down there. How did that come to be? I got a phone call from Chad that spring. And I, I think Ed and Dwayne, who put it on, approached him about filming a documentary about him at the race, or I don't know what the subject matter was supposed to be, but wanted to shoot a documentary with him. And this race was a great opportunity for them to do that. And we said, sure, that sounds, that sounds fantastic. Come up and, and kind of do whatever it is that you guys need to do. And I just I need to ask one question about Chad, because, you know, certainly he's, he's a, a focal point of the documentary, mm -hmm. but there's so many other great storylines going on. We talked about before we hit record James and his story with his dad yep. and all that, but I'm curious about Chad and Beckett having known him, is the Chad you see in the documentary the Chad that that is? Is that pretty much him? Uh, you know, maybe it's it's certainly a part. I think the Chad you see in the documentary is Chad running an ultra. Yeah, because that's all they're showing. They they're not showing Chad as an instructor, as an as a friend, as, as a husband or, or a brother. They're showing Chad as an ultra runner, and Chad as an ultra runner is a especially in this race, that race, that year. He was running for a good friend that had just passed away which the documentary doesn't touch on. So his why was really deep and really heavy. And the the team he has around him is was really tight knit. And so that's Chad as an ultra runner and Chad in a mindset with, I am here to win I, at all costs. And I will break my body and my body will keep going <laughs> before yeah. I give in. You know, there's, there's just, no, it's not just the Chad that's that's every day out there. It's Chad running a race. And I don't think any documentary could really show all sides of the human spirit uh, or who somebody really is in, in an hour and a half. Yeah, unless you have Christopher Nolan. He might be able to pull it off. But other than that, yeah, he might be able to do it. Maybe we'll, <laughs> he'll come back for year five, maybe. We'll get we'll call Christopher up and, and see if he can do, do one be next year. Awesome. Well, I'm curious what the reaction has been from the documentary and it, you know, like you said, it was year two. You've had a couple of races since then. Mm -hmm. What's the reaction been from the documentary? Oh, the reaction is, is fortunately been really positive. No one's sent us ugly messages or emails saying we're awful people and, and how <laughs> dare we do this sort of thing. Uh, it's all been really positive and it's exposed new people to the race and it's people have, are interested in how, do, how do they run it and where do they sign up and, the big thing is that it's not just for runners. The The response that families have enjoyed it and they've watched it with the whole family and that it's moved people and and hopefully it inspires that growth to kind of change some things in their life or tackle some challenges that, that maybe they were doubting in themselves before. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you're right. It, it was, it was about a race, but it was about a lot, a lot more than that. Yeah. And powerful. I, and I think that's how it developed. And you, when you go back and, Chad being a focal point of the documentary, I think that was Ed and Dwayne's intention when they showed up that day is we're going to film the documentary about Chad winning this race. And, and they certainly believed he was going to win and he won in the end. So that all worked out. But what they saw there and just thinking back to their reactions over the day as the, the producer and the videographer never being around something like that before and seeing their their eyes you know, widen and open up and, and, and for them to see what was going on and the stories that were there and for that ability to shift and capture all of the race and the sto other stories that were happening and, and, and show all that was really, it was cool to see that unfold live. And then it was, it was really cool to see that they were able to catch it on camera too. I'm curious, Jen, you mentioned, you know, you guys really focused not about 
getting the fastest runners to the race, really more about the person that embodies mm-hmm. this kind of growth mindset, wants to give back the gratitude, the thankfulness. Now you've had the race four years. Have you have you seen that trajectory? And if someone's listening, going, you know, I'm really interested in this race, how might they be able to get involved? Yeah. So the the best way to run mid state is to have ran mid state before. The second best way to run mid state is to run the Tennessee Mile, which is our sister race that we host the first week in December. We have timed formats, so if you want to get out there and experience the course. But man, 20 minutes seems like really hard. And I don't know if I can really run for 20 hours under a 20 minute timetable. You just want to see what it's like out there and experience what other people have experienced. Then then that's the race for you. We have a 40 hour, a 24 hour, a 12 hour, an eight hour and a six hour format for you to sign up for and just run as many loops as you can without a whistle blowing every 20 minutes and somebody in your ear saying, you know, get out of the chair and keep going. And when is the Tennessee mile? The Tennessee Mile is the first weekend of December. I think it's the third this year. Oh, awesome. So you can do December. And then is the Mid-State Mile always Father's Day weekend? The Mid-State Mile will always be Father's Day weekend. I love it. Yes, sir. Your father's out there, you're like, I feel a little bit selfish going to a race. Like, you know, it's Father's Day. You get That's that's what you want for Father's Day? That's what you get. Well, and two is that, you know, this format and this race is really lends itself to watching it and coming to it and being a part of it and how many ultras have fathers been to where they didn't see their family for the weekend or maybe the you know their family came out but they saw him for five minutes at an aid station twice over a 12-hour day or you see him at the finish line or whatever you can come out and you can see your kids your kids can see you every 20 minutes it's really a welcoming space to bring your family out if you want them to see what you're capable of or you want to send a message or show your kids what's possible this is a good place to do it. That's a great point. Yeah, because my wife was my crew, kind of her first crewing experience at Black Canyon. It was a great race, but it's a point to point. So she saw mm-hmm. me probably for a combined, I don't know, 10 minutes over a full day and a half time period. So <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. You get to really experience it and you get to see the highs and lows in a very real close way. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, your family's going to see all of all of who you are. So uh, you better be sure of that before you invite them out. I love it. I love it. And if someone was interested in either one of those races, what's the best thing for them? Do you have a website or should they go to Ultra Sign Up? What would you can be go, the best way? You can go right to Ultra Sign Up. We're on there. We're also, you know, Instagram. Mid-State Tennessee Mile Instagram is a great way to get in contact with us. We also host a 200 and 100 mile event, which takes place in March called Big Owls. So it's on the same property, and, but it's a different cut of trail. Got it. Big Owls in March. Awesome. Well, I, I want to kind of tie the bow a little bit here on the documentary move into your role as, as a race director. And if someone is interested and you did not hear the episode a couple of weeks ago where I talked about it, you can go to Amazon and mm. find the video there. It is, I had to pay like five bucks. It was the best five bucks I think I've ever paid. It was, <laughs> it was so good. And, you know, as a trail runner, I loved it. But to your point, I think anyone that just is interested in the human condition and how people can push themselves beyond what they think they can do, it is such a great a couple of hours to spend. So, yeah, check it out on Amazon. Well, John, we talked a little bit before we hit record. I would love for you because you've you've now seen four mid state miles and uh, I guess some of the other races that you have. 
you've seen lots of successes and you've probably seen lots of failures. I would love for you to share with our listeners any words of wisdom, advice, maybe mistakes that you see in these kinds of events and, and some maybe strategies that have paid off. Yes, I've certainly, you know, got the best seat in the house for four years. And part of the race is I don't I don't leave the corral for the whole race. So I see everything. I see crews. I see people. I see the ups and downs. I see the mistakes they're making. And usually I don't intervene in the moment unless it's <laughs> egregious. And I go, hey, this, you might want to think about doing something else. I think the most common mistake people have, there's a couple. Nutrition's a big one. People over calorie. Because they think they need two, you know, three, 400 calories an hour, which might be true if you're running a hundred miler and you're, you're out there on your own for five, six, 10 miles at a time, you might need that. At mid-state, typically to be successful, you need to run with a much lower heart rate. So at a lower heart rate, you're not burning through the amount of calories that you would typically in an ultra. So people are taking in a lot and then it's hot. The temperatures are, you know, Mid-June in Tennessee, it's going to be warm. So they have digestion issues. And so not being really fine-tuned with that caloric intake is one of the big problems. And then typically not being able to stay cool or having a good cooling strategy. Most people run Saturday and everything's great. They make it tonight. And then Sunday morning, it's hot. So they start trying to cool off. Well, you're 24 hours behind trying to cool off of where you needed to be. You needed Mm -hmm. to start trying to be cool on Saturday instead of just waiting to Sunday. And then mentally people think about how many more miles there are left and how many more loops they might have to do. And they, they build this thing up in their head and they don't, they ask themselves, I, or they tell themselves, I don't think I can keep doing this, or I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this. And they think about everything that might happen and they build it up and they create this impossible wall that mentally they just can't overcome instead of just committing themselves to, to one loop. One, you can run for 20 minutes. You're never going to convince me that you can't run one mile or you can't hike a mile in 20 minutes. You can do it every single time, no matter how many miles you ran, like you can get that done physically, but mentally you're thinking not about that mile. You're thinking about the mile after that or the mile after that mile. And you just go, I can't keep going like this for a whole, a whole nother day. Man, you don't know that you can keep going right now. Will you just keep going right now <laughs> and then worry about that other stuff as it comes along. And that's, that's the biggest mistake everybody makes from last place to first place or, or the first person out to the last person out. It's never, that 20 minute loop it's never that mile that does people in it's it's the one before that or it's the one after that that they're not thinking about Mm. it's it's not committing to that process of trusting themselves trusting those that are around them and just going forward so what if you didn't you know you missed a gel on this loop or you need to tie your shoe or you need to do that so what like it's a mile if you just ran a 10 mile section in a traditional ultra, like, you know how happy you are to be one mile out from an aid station or one mile out from a finish line. And you are, you're one mile out from the finish line. Every time you come around and you might only have a couple minutes to fix a problem or do something in that transition, but you have as much time as you need to fix the problems that you're going through. If you'll just give yourself the time, it might take two or three hours to bounce back from 
not having your nutrition dialed in right where it needs to be. You're missing some calories or being underhydrated. It's going to take time to fix that. You have time to fix that. Just keep going and you're going to solve that problem. You don't get to sit down for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and whine about it. You know, nobody's going to come to you and go, <laughs> oh, it's fine. Like just sit here and cry for an hour and then keep going. No one's going to do that. But if you're willing to keep going and say yes, like all those things are going to get flushed out. You're going to be able to fix all those problems. So just thinking the race is bigger than it is. It's a one mile race. It only takes 20 minutes. And if you think it's bigger than that, if you've got it in your head that it's something insurmountable, it's going to be. I love that perspective. Cause you know, you hear a lot about people say, you know, stay in the moment, be present. And sometimes you go, okay, I don't know what that actually means. And now you've, you've really helped me get clear on that. It's like, the moment is the mile that you're in. Don't worry about that next mile. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the one you just ran. Worry about the one you're on. And uh, man, good good advice there. And then I didn't even think about the calorie thing because I think you tend to think of ultra runners as not getting enough calories in. Mm-hmm. It's always we talk about nutrition, and it's usually more and making sure you're getting enough. You know, your body can absorb this much. Make sure you but you're almost getting to an aid station every 18 minutes in your race. And so yes, you are. I got to plow through some food <laughs> Yep, and you can over calories. So I wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. People do, they over calorie and they overhydrate, especially early. You know, if you're in the race for 24 hours, you've, you've not done that. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but if you're only in the race for, for five or six, you, you probably over in your stomach takes you out. You probably over caloried. Well, last question, and I want I want you, John, to give give people an opportunity to, like I said, get in touch with you and learn more about the races that you guys have. But I'm curious because your role as race director, I've seen and I've done enough races to know sometimes race directors are completely behind the scenes. Sometimes race directors are you know, a little bit more administrative. You take a little bit more active role as a race director, <laughs> and I would love for you to talk a little bit because I thought it was very interesting that what kind of your role as race director. In this race, because it's a different race. It's you're with yeah. a group of people for a long period of time. Talk to us a little bit, kind of your role as race director or assistant race director. Yeah, well, you know, the logistics and all the back, you know, all of the actual dotting of the I's and crossing a T stuff that has to be done to put on the race is completely out of my hands. I don't do any of that. Like, you, can, <laughs> that's all That's all Becca Jones. She's, she's much better at it than I am. And so when it comes to race day, it's we kind of switch roles and you know, it's, it's me. I'm in the crowd and blowing the whistle and keeping time, you know, enforcing the rules uh, of the race, making sure people are keep going and then being encouraging, wanting people to keep going and get out of the chair. And that's what I genuinely want. And I, I don't have the time. There's too many people to, to walk over and whisper in everybody's ear and say, I really believe in you and you can do this. And I know what you're fighting. I wish I could do that for everybody, but it's just the format doesn't lend itself to that sort of thing. And so it may be a little tough love and, and levity. I like to, you know, banter with people if, if they can they can do that and have a good time in there. We're all in this together. And I, I'm in here with you. I'm going to be here as long as you are. And uh, we're going to have fun. And I'm going to be rooting for you as long as you're in the race. And yeah, I want you to get up. And yeah, I'm going to I'm going to holler at you. And I'm going to bark a little bit because it's important not to me, but to you that you keep going because you haven't gotten there yet. You're, whatever reason you signed up for it, you've not achieved it. You've got more in you. And even if you have, you know, I just want to come out and run a 50 K or 50 miles or whatever it is that you got there. You have, you have more in you than that. You have more potential. There's more things that 
you have inside of you to pull out, not just for your benefit, but the benefit of everybody else that's running. Um, they deserve it. The people running the race, the people that win, the people that last 30, 40 hours or 20 minutes or an hour and a half, I think they all deserve for everybody else to give their best. And I want you to do that. You deserve to give your best too. So I might bark at you a little bit. I'm going to be the first person to to tell you, you did a good job and I'm proud of you. And I uh, thank you for coming because I, at the end of the day, the people that come and run, they give Becca and I a gift and it's an honor to have them every year. It's humbling to have them every year. And I, I can't believe people show up and do that. And I tell each and every one of them that I'm grateful that they came. That is a perfect way to end this. That so well said. And that came across in the documentary, you know, to your point, tough love, but, but done in a way that's, that's encouraging. Cause like you said, you just want, you want someone to give it their all, do their best and, and achieve what they came out to achieve and, and beyond. So I love that. Well, John, remind us how we can, if, I know there's a lot of people listening right now going, man, I'd really love to know more, learn more, and maybe participate in the races in the future. What's the best way for them to do that? Hit us up on Ultra Sign Up is where you can go to sign up. I think everybody that signs up for any either of our races goes to a wait list and we pull people in from there. That's not personal. It's just how the format lends itself. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Mid-State, Tennessee Mile. That's the best way to get in touch. Mid-State Tennessee Mile on Instagram. John, this is fantastic. You you have created such an interesting, fun uh, event. And like I said, I, I would encourage you, if you haven't seen the documentary, it's called Just One Mile on Amazon. Go check it out. John, thanks so much. And hopefully I'll see you in, in Franklin hey, in the near future. Come on I'm down. Get involved. Yeah, come on down. We'd love to have you. Uh, maybe even run a few laps. So I appreciate you having me on. Again, I th- thank you for all the positivity about the race. I want to make sure we thank our friends. Becca and I don't do this alone. The race didn't start just from a vision of, that we had. It was it was our friends, and they really pour into us, and they they give back every time, and they really make the race happen. So we're just we're internally grateful to them. Well, we're grateful for you and the event that you're putting on, and just the heart behind it. I think that's more than anything. It's like there's a lot of races out there. But the races that where you know you really want to see someone challenge themselves, grow, achieve more than they thought they even could, and giving someone an opportunity to do that, I think is such a such a gift and such a blessing. So thank you. Thank you. Well, as you guys know, we have the absolute best partners here on the Big Ass Runner and johnji.com. Go to johnji.com and check out, I've talked about this a lot, but the first jacket running wind rain jacket I bought was a Johnji jacket. I've since bought a second one. They've got their Zephy Runner wind shells and a couple new colors. Check it out at johng.com and use bar15 for 15% off. Fall's coming, winter's coming. I mentioned don't wish your summer away, but fall and winter are coming. And one of the things you need in your arsenal is a great rain and wind jacket. johng.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Marcy Baser. 
Hey, Jeff, how are you? It's a tickled Marcy Baser. She's laughing. You got me mid laugh on that one. We got her mid laugh. Well, people tune in for the laugh, so here we go. Jeff said something real funny before he records. Who did? Timmy Time? You did. Oh, I did. Hey, what's up? I'm here too. Timmy Time's here. Timmy Time with the flowing locks. The golden you know voice and the flowing locks. You know who's really flowing is your son, Hato. His hair grows fast. You mean, oh, Hato, yeah. He has got some serious flow going. It he has a fantastic. long hair and he has he has a an eyebrow over his lip. <laughs> yeah, he does. Hato <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is the best guy. He is such a good kid. He is. He's not a kid anymore. He's a man. He's a grown ass hey, man. He's going to make an appearance at Lake Murray, too. Yes, he is. He's going to do the 10K. He's been on the show before, by the mm-hmm. way, several times. Yep. He's going to do the 10K after. after. What? Oh, yeah. After doing a, a half Ironman. Yep. Yes. The weekend before. Yes. Before. That's going to be his cool down. He ain't scared. He ain't scared. He ain't scared. Well, we're going to do a little ask. You know, well, first of all, welcome back. Thank you for having us. You it's guys always on, so fun to be here. You were on last week, but it'd been a long break in between. We missed you. It's been a summer. So we wanted yeah. to come back. Well, the summer was good, right? Was the summer good? Summer was fantastic. Yeah. But I'm glad to be back in the studio. Back in the studio. Well, everyone is. And we're back Everybody to empty is. nesting again. How do you feel about that? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Marcy, I'm not getting the same vibe. <laughs> Timmy time excited. <laughs> He's got his wife back. Yeah, was, that's, yeah true. that's why she was at the lake all the time. Yeah. I was at the lake all summer, and he yeah. could only come out for the weekends. And Charlie, and I, we were there the entire time. Yeah. It was awesome. Did you not come back at all? I did. She'd I come back like Tuesday nights. I mean, I do Thursday work mornings. sort of. So yeah, you still I got... can only do so much. Every now and then, I have to show up to work and be like, "Hey, is everybody still doing their jobs?" And they're like, "Yes." <laughs> and they and they're like, "Okay, I'm going I'm to like, the, okay, yay, head to the lake. See ya." <laughs> and I'm not a cooker, so I live like on McDonald's. There was like no food in that. You are a cooker. A cooker. The fact that he calls it a cooker tells you a lot. (laughs) That's pretty telling. Although you make the best steaks. I do make a good steak. Oh my God. You make better steaks than restaurants make some steaks. Yeah. Uh, I think all of them. I've counted them all. Yeah. I've I've eaten at them all. And I think you have the best steaks around. You you do know where he learned how. Yeah. From the, wait, hang on. From the restaurant that's called. They have a chocolate fountain there. They have a chocolate fountain there. Um, Big buffet. Huge buffet. Why can I not think of it? I can't think of it. It's not silver, but. Oh, the Golden Corral. There it is. The Golden Corral. Yeah. How could I miss that? (laughs) That's where you learn to make steak. (laughs) That's where they put me is in a corral. I'm at Clydesdale, for gosh sakes. How did I ever forget the Golden Corral? You know who has a good steak? Timmy Time. The place with a good vibe. Oh, yes. Yes, Texas Roadhouse. Roadhouse. They have a good one. I love Texas Roadhouse. It's the best place. Yeah. The salads, the mm-hmm. rolls, the Everything. peanuts, the entire situation yeah. is you know, outstanding. They had to do with, away with the peanuts, unfortunately. COVID. COVID. Yeah. <sighs> but the vibe is the vibe. phenomenal. Yeah. It's so good. I love the only, a good birthday there where they make you sit on the saddle. Yes, they do. <laughs> the only bad thing about that place is they put farts on your salad. They put I like the farts. Farts on your salad. You're going to say more about that. Well, the the what smells like farts and they put on salad, uh, goat cheese, boiled eggs. That would be oh, goat cheese. boiled eggs on salad's delicious. It's you delicious. Like Thank you. <laughs> I love it. So what? He'll lick goat cheese, but he won't eat a boiled egg. It's well, a protein, so bro. It's absolutely. He likes a deviled egg. Ooh, you know what? We had deviled eggs yesterday. We went to dinner. 
Went to a place where we won't go back because it's we're over two on the service. It's just so slow. Where'd you go? Elwood. Oh, Elwood. Oh, yeah. yeah. I will say Wednesday night they do have half price bottles. What? Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And a wonderful Mediterranean bowl. I go there quite a bit. Okay. Do you really? <laughs> on Wednesday nights, yes. Well, how come she comes back from the lake on Tuesday, goes there, or Wednesday morning, and then goes We go with Wednesday our Bible study group. Oh, or Wednesday wow. night, Bible study group. For half price bottles. bottles of wine. That sounds about right. <laughs> and the Mediterranean Bowl. Yeah. And how long do you have to wait for said wine? And the service isn't great there. Well, I don't know. Because They're not really they, there for they the They give food. us the wine really fast, <laughs> so we're not really noticing how slow the food is coming out. We didn't see a person to wait on us for yeah. a good 12 minutes and 37 seconds. Even to get a drink? Yeah. Ridiculous. Did you tell him who you were? I told him the Clydesdale has entered yeah. the stable. Yes. <laughs> you should have mentioned my name, Minomi. Okay. Like Marcy and her Bible study group. Oh, they would <laughs> like, oh, they oh. the VIP the, section. They're like, Marcy oh, Massage. Yeah. Marcy oh, the, massage. the Uber crowd. <laughs> oh, the yes. Crowd. They took the Uber in and out. <laughs> well, you know what? You got to be responsible. Uh, well, yes. exactly. Well, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while because we haven't had a, have you guys on the show in a while. So therefore, we haven't done this in a while. True. We're doing an Ask Marcy Anything. I took questions. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. From the Big Ass Runner Herd. We have one, two, three, four. Herd? How the hell y'all been? We have nine. I just heard. They said great. Great. They're great. I just heard from them. I don't have headphones, so I don't know. Yeah. They said great. (laughs) They, They just said great in real time. It's amazing how that happens. You ready for this, Marcy? Let's do it. This is no holds barred. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that Anything means? Goes. I do. I do. See, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. I feel goes. like leg wrestling. Oh, does that what no holds place. barred means? You can, I mean, you can do whatever kind of hold? On. Oh. Game on, Jeff. Yeah. Okay, game on. Well, Bart. Bart. Somebody out. Hit it, Bart. Bart has a question. Marcy. Yes. Which is your name, which is mm-hmm. awesome that he said Absolutely. that. What's your secret strategy for avoiding running? Ask, asking for a friend who loves their couch. <laughs> oh, Bart. Bart, just say no. I'm going to go back with the old Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan, actually, who started the just say no. I feel like your no should be no and your yes should be yes, Bart. <laughs> That's also biblical. So boom, dropping the mic. Wow. That is fun. Just, so just say no. Just say no. Don't overcomplicate just, it. Don't make it hard. You don't need an excuse. I mean, I always have an excuse in my back pocket. Yeah. Usually it's a knee or an ankle or something like that, yeah. you know, or just fat or tired. These all work for me. Let's, let's give it a whirl. Hey, hey, Marcy, you want to go running? No. Oh my gosh. It works. <laughs> Why not? Wow. Why don't How you come? want to go running? How come you don't running go? is stupid. Yeah, that's true. Bart, you, are that. you hearing me loud and clear? You can still hang out with runners. They will still accept you. It's true. Yeah. Very friendly yeah. crowd. The Just cheer runner. them on. Just be a good encourager, Bart. Just bring water. Ooh, bring, bring water. Bring water. Bring salt sticks. Yeah. Bring mm-hmm. a cooler. Ooh. For yourself, because you'll get bored just watching them. Promote the half the price <laughs> yeah. bottles. You're gonna need a little beer, a little wine. You're gonna need something to watch all that running. It gets a little little boring <laughs> when you're just watching the running. <laughs> oh that my was gosh. pretty funny. That's good. That's true. That's right. Well, Bart, hopefully hopefully that helps. I got your back, Bart. You just know start what? running Look for Bart. my chair, Bart, because I'll and bring a chair because I'll be sitting in mine. <laughs> bring one of those chairs that rock. Ooh, yeah. a rocker or yeah. just the reclining ones. Oh. Those rock. Oh. Hey Bart, just start with like one mile. True. Well, he, does, he said he doesn't want to start at all. I know. Don't loves, this, loves this couch. Come on, Bart. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Bart, for that. Amy, 
Hey, Amy. Your buddy Amy asked Marcy, who would play you in a movie? <laughs> That's a good one. I may need some help on this, people. That's a good one. Who would one. play me in a movie? Blonde has to be blonde or yeah, the she capacity would need to be blonde, to be or the blonde. capacity to dye her hair, which I think <laughs> everybody, pretty much everybody has the capacity to do. Yeah. So <clears throat> I am this has to be Amy someone has funny. Me. Someone has to be someone funny. Amy Pollard. <laughs> Did I say her last name right? Who? Amy Pollard. Amy Pollard. I don't know who that is. She was from like um, Saturday, Night Live. Saturday Night Live, and then she was on Parks and Rec. Oh. Yeah, she's a blonde. What's her name? It's not. Amy I think it's Pollard. Amy Pollard. I was going to say. Uh, no, it's. Who uh, was saying? Marilyn Monroe. Is that who you're going to say, honey? <laughs> yeah, Marilyn Monroe, but she did. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. She did. Margot Robbie. Yeah. That's a good oh, one. Thank you, yeah. honey. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Good that's, job, Timmy. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good. Amy Polar. Polar. Oh, was, so wrong. I don't know how you got that. How do we Polar. Polar. I'm going with Margot Robbie. She's way hotter. Thanks, baby. Somebody's gonna look into Oh, hello. <laughs> Doesn't even require any wine tonight, Timmy Town. Oh, she's had some wine. Oh, she has. Okay. It's been a big day. Okay. Well, that's a good one. I think, yes, Margot Robbie. What if Margot Robbie and Amy Poehler had a baby? It would be me. It would be It would be, would be me. Yeah, yes. She's funny. I yes. have the body of Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And then uh, maybe the personality of Margot. We haven't met yet. Yes. You haven't, you haven't met yet. <laughs> Not I yet. I think she's Australian. Yeah. Or Latvian. One of the two. I Latvian. can't tell which one. Well, I've met her what? a lot of times. <laughs> meet us. She comes to karaoke all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she? I was going to tell her to meet us at Lake Murray. <laughs> yeah, Margo, come on, Robbie. Margo, Margo, we're going to be there. That, hey, we'll Are sell out. Are you going? No. It, it will sell out. <laughs> no, but what's the one I am going to? All of them. Bandera. The winter. Bandera. Bandera. Yes. yes, I'll be a Bandera. Bandera. Margo, meet us at Bandera. Yes. Margo will, will maybe be there. Can't promise yeah. it. But we're about to Possibly. sell out like Murray if yeah. Marco Robbie may be there. Okay, that's a good one. Thank you, Amy, for that question. Was that Amy? Good Maybe that question. was Amy Poehler. That was Amy. Amy asked it of herself. Maybe that was she Amy knew. Poehler. She really knew we were kindred spirits. Could have been. Procrastinating Patty. That's yes. what she said her name was. Also a sister of mine. Yes. Marcy, can you share your top excuses for avoiding a run? You know, for inspiration. <laughs> I feel like we've got a theme you going have a here. theme here. I feel like there's a theme of I don't do much and they are correct. <laughs> do we really, once again, we're just going to go back to the just say no. But if we're not doing the just say no, I always, I always have like a big toe issue that I like to work oh, out. That's, yeah. that's always big, a hard Or one. pinky toe. Anything in the toe area mm-hmm. will get you out of that. Um <laughs> Pretty much a good TV show, yeah. a meal to eat, a glass of wine to drink, anything. It's really not ate. hard to procrastinate. Yeah, just a. <laughs> it's not hard. I, I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer, my friend. Well, You're not trying hard enough I think if the you best need help. Thing you say, though, is running stupid. Yeah, yeah. running is stupid. No, I don't even know why you people phenomenal. do this. <laughs> I've tried it. It's not like I've never done it, so yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've tried it, and it just mm-hmm. it's stupid. <laughs> But once again, very proud of you all. Well, hopefully you are taking notes, procrastinating <laughs> Patty, because there's about 10 wisdom nuggets of excuses nuggets. from toes to pinky toes to I just ate to TV shows. Rapid fire. Those were rapid fire. You're going to have to go back, rewind, and write those down, sister. 
Well, if she's procrastinating, Patty, she's not going to do that. She's not going to write them down. She's not writing nothing down. No, she's not, but she got two in her mind. She's got them in there. Oh, he needs two. Yeah. Thank you for that, Patty. All right, Billy wants to know. Hey, Billy. Billy. Marcy, if you were in a sitcom, what sitcom would you be in? That's a good question. That's a really great question. Hmm. I, I have a question in general as, as you're thinking about okay. that. Are, are the, is the sitcom as popular? No. I feel like it's more reality TV now. Well, I'm more of a sitcom generation, though. Right. Yeah. I don't right. Watch I'm just saying today's TV, TV yeah. is. I is couldn't it, even name any. could be in the Goldbergs. I could be the smother from Goldbergs. That might be a little bit out there that most people know what that is, but yes, I could be the smother in Goldbergs. But if I was, I mean, I think I would like to say, Ooh, I'd be in friends, but really I'm kind of Phoebe and friends. You could be friends. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be a good one. Yeah. Phoebe and friends. Um, Always wanted to be an eight is enough because I thought I wanted to be in a giant family. You guys remember that show? Oh Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. That was a cool show. Sure. So yeah, Laverne and Shirley. I'd be Laverne. You'd be Shirley. I'd be Shirley. <laughs> yeah. okay. Shirley. Shirley. Yeah, Shirley. Shirley. <laughs> Stop calling me Shirley. Um, if eight is enough, you couldn't be in that because oh, eight was already enough. You could be. Uh, who's the girl from Yellowstone? <laughs> Beth Dutton. You, you, oh, Beth that's a Dutton. good one. Yeah, you could so be Beth you, It's not a yeah. sitcom, but no. she could be in Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> Only in the first season, maybe second season. She got even crazy for she me. Did. But yeah, she first did. season, Beth Dutton. Yeah. I could yeah. pretty much own that one before she went completely off the rocker. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good one. Tim, we'll have good, words later. Good whoa. We'll have words later. Just remember the Margot Robbie thing. Uh, yeah. 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 You've balanced yourself. Just now. remember that you know one. What? Thank you for your marital intrusion right there because that just saved it. You know what? That's what, that's what I'm here for. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm here for. It's a circle of trust. That's true. Or a triangle. And, <laughs> a triangle of trust. And, and several thousands of our friends yes. are yes. listening in. Yes. By the way, if you're running right now, I hope you're enjoying this and your run, your, your form, the form right now, yeah, Marcy is, is excellent. Fan. Can you see it like gazelles? Yeah. It's They're like all like gazelles out there. Yep. Light on the feet. Yep. Moving quite along. Go Amy. If you're okay. in Texas excuses. doing this, do not run too fast. That's true. It's hot. Yeah. Keep it, keep it slow. Keep that heart rate you. down. I've been running, watching my heart rate. Brutal. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for that, Billy. Well, Tom wants hey, to know. Tom. Marcy, yes. if you had to give a TED talk on the benefits of not running, <laughs> what would be your main points? <laughs> That's a good one, Tom. That was a great one, Tom. <laughs> Once again, I feel like the herd knows me well. They do. There's a theme to these questions. And you know what? I feel seen. I feel known. And I feel loved. So thank you all. Thank very you all good, very much. Good job, Tom. Yeah. Good job. Good job to the whole crew. Thank you, Tom. Um, well, we can always go back to the uterus falling out. Have we spoken about this on the yes. show? Surely we Grandma. have. Yeah. My grandmother will say, ladies, if you run too hard, your uterus will fall out. I'm starting to think that there's actually, I used to think that was dumb. That was the dumbest, craziest thing I ever heard. But she was actually the smartest person I've ever met. Wow. Yeah. She used to put my, her doctor son in his place all the time, even about medical stuff. I mean, she knew a lot of stuff. Wow. And now they have those slings left and right for like women parts in their bodies. I don't know. <laughs> 
you guys know about this? Nope, I do not. But know it's about a thing. That. They have mesh slings, and if, oh yeah, mesh you know slings because the uterus uh, is probably out. their uteruses are falling out from running, and that <laughs> is real. Whoops. Oh, we can bloop that. We can bloop that. So I have not run on a trail and looked down and go, you know what? That looks like a uterus. I yeah. think she meant they fall out of place because I oh. don't think it actually comes out of your body. Yeah. I mean, even Graham would not have meant it yeah. falls out of your body. It falls out of place. Okay. Then you need a mesh sling. And then the next thing you know, you're on some 1-800 number and you are a part of that whole, we're going to sue you for a million dollars. And that's uh, how I know about the mesh slings. Okay. That was a lot. It all comes back to the, the me- <laughs> had no idea mesh sling would be such a big topic on today's yeah. episode, mm-hmm. but yep. there you go. Hey, you never know. You do with Marcy. You never yeah. know. You, you never, never know. know. Tom, that was a, so the, your Ted talk. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fill out mesh slings. I'm going to fill out an application right now. <laughs> you might want to start practicing. <laughs> You got to keep it within, what is it, 18 minutes or something? Yeah. yeah so I only have ready. like 18 seconds, so we'll be good. <laughs> well, that'll be fine. <laughs> that'll be fine. All right. Well, Angie wants to know. Hi, Angie. It's very, very, three words. Three words. Let's that do it. Are aliens real? Ooh, well, I think the government has gone ahead and said yes. They did say yes, but do you trust the government? Never. But I thought <laughs> aliens. Really say yes. Oh, where have you been, Tim Baser? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've yeah, they've the gone course. out there and they've on the golf course yeah. at the lake. The lake right. Yeah. If, if aliens they, are they on the eighteenth hole, he ain't, he ain't yeah. seen them. No, but I thought aliens were real beforehand. I did. And now you I really mean, there's just that? there's yeah. I mean, I just felt like that was like a ching. Yeah. They okay. Are. All right. For sure. So there you go. That's that's an easy answer, Angie. Yep. I hope, hope that helps. Y-E-S to your three words. <laughs> three letters for your three words. <laughs> for three words. All right. Our friend Kelly wants to well, know. Before that. Up, yeah, oh, we're going Wasn't back. there an alien Alf? Alf, yeah. You so there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could have been on that show. It was on show. TV. Yeah. Kelly so there you go. I mean, if he was on TV, we he had to be real. We saw him, for yeah. crying out loud. <laughs> we saw Alf? Alf. Yeah. He was on TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. obviously they're real. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. Okay, Kelly wants to know, Marcy, if you were going to write a book about running, what would the title be? The end. Oh, <laughs> the end. She had a suggestion, Kelly did. All right, Kelly, what is it? Sprinting to the couch. Oh, I do like that because you know what? It's not a bad one. Well, there was a story, Kelly. I'm so glad you asked uh, about me sprinting to a couch that left me. In a state, I'm basically disabled because of it. <laughs> it sliced over my knee, and my husband would not, Timmy time, would not let me go get stitches. Timmy time. I have a gash stitches on my knee. Stitches are for snitches. Whoa, I've yeah. never heard that. Yeah, true. So, so a- yeah, I have run for the couch, and I learned my lesson. You got yeah. cut by what? You want to see glass it? Glass table. A glass table. Oh. <laughs> Dude, it was a flesh wound. It was a flesh wound. Yes, he was like, "It's fine." It was we didn't have money bone. for stitches. We yeah, really did. He should have at least glued it up or something. Was this early <laughs> in the marriage? Yeah. Okay. This is real. Yes. Real early. Yeah. <laughs> was it when we were first married. If that happened today, you getting stitches? Oh, stitches. I'm getting stitches. Yeah. 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 No, not no, not back then. I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just yeah. it just bled for three days, but I was all right. Just got infected. It was fine. I almost lost the leg, but it's cool. Tim said he cut it off. Now nah, that's why she can't run. 
Oh, there's another. It's probably their knee surgery issues. Another excuse. One more excuse. One more excuse. Billy, add that to the list. (laughs) Uh, I believe that was procrastinating, Patty. But yes. Sorry, Patty. Billy would probably appreciate it as well. I feel like everybody in this questionnaire (laughs) would be appreciative of this. (laughs) We have a theme. We do have a theme. Well, Kelly, thank you for that question. Karen's up next. Hey, Karen. Karen wants to know. This is a good one. Ooh, I can't wait to hear this one. Oh, my goodness. What's one thing on your bucket list you'd like to cross off in the next year? Oh, I know exactly. Ooh, she wants she to do a 50K. Flying, she lit up. No, no, no. It's 100 miler. Flying 100 50. Mile. I'm doing my flying 50. What is a flying 50? And Jeff and all the herd are invited. Wow. Yes. I want to go down. And the reason, the Keys is a place that was on my bucket list to go the to. Florida that Keys? I've never been to. Yes. Not the Alicia Keys, but the Florida Keys. Not the Alicia. She won't let me in her house anymore. There was a situation. <laughs> Restraining order. Well, that was me. You know what? Yeah, that was mainly Tim's problem. But anyways, so the Flying 50 is uh, jumping out of a plane, doing a little parachute action. Oh and my then gosh. I had a friend look it up. Hey, where's the best place to do it in the United States? And it was the Florida Keys. And I was like, oh, and that's on my bucket list as well. So, so you're doing two. Boom. You're knocking out two. Two and knocking one. Out two. two and one. Flying 50. Next May. May 31st. The Florida Keys. Let's all do it. And you're going to jump out of a plane for yeah, real. So are you. For real. I'm not yeah. doing it. Well, you're going to hold my purse while I do it. I'll hold your purse. I am not jumping out of a plane. (laughs) You wouldn't jump out of a plane? There is not a parachute that will hold the Clydes down. Oh, there are no parachutes. They hold tanks. I don't care. They hold tanks. I've seen that. Tanks? It's on TV. When, when the parachute breaks on a tank, no big deal. When the parachute breaks on a Clydesdale, it's Mm. it's not pretty. You get to meet Jesus. Well, that's true. True. That's a good point. True. Still not in. Because I went skydiving. Oh, I went <laughs> Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds, seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. That's Good one, honey. Man, we had a little bonus Timmy time. What? I was sitting here all lonely. You were. You're not you didn't lonely. have enough attention. <laughs> he is a seven. Yes. Yeah. He is a seven. All right. That was a good one, Karen. Thank you for that. Two on the bucket list on May 31st. May 31st. Everyone's invited to the Keys. We're all invited. Yeah, you got to pay your own way. Oh, yeah. We'll just run yeah. into you down there. Yeah. Okay. We can't even afford stitches. <laughs> Tell me if you're coming and we'll make sure we run into yeah, you. Yeah, you can't afford stitches. Good point, Timmy. Time. Yeah. You can't afford no Florida yeah. Keys for uh, all the whole herd uh, to come down there. This is the last one. I'm kind of sad. Oh. Let's do it. I'm kind of sad. This is from Either or Thor. Either or Thor. I like it. Isn't that name. an interesting name? Yeah. Would you, this is about. a would you rather. Oh. Or an either or. Either or. Would you rather run? This is a, this has to do with running. Yes. Would you rather run a half marathon as fast as you can? Which is not fast. Or a 50K as slow as you can? That's well, an interesting question. I feel like both of those would be done at the same speed <laughs> <laughs> because my fast as you can is just not that fast. So either way, I'm going about four, four, four miles per hour. Yes. So I'm going to take the shorter mm. distance for sure. Yeah, for sure. What if, so you're, that's a 15 minute mile. Well, I don't know. Let's, let's talk it out a little bit. Let's talk it out. 50 K 50 K 32 miles. 32 miles versus like 32 miles stroll. 
or a 13.2 like sprint. You can walk. I mean, obviously I can't sprint that. That's impossible. So here's here's the scenario. You but have I could to walk run. over like a week. Yeah, you take as long with as you want. Stops at all my comfort stations. <laughs> you have to run for Will 13. friends be out there? Will well, there sure. be comfort stations? Ba, ba, da, da, ba, ba, da, all right. All right. I'm ba, taking ba, the long ba, walk. I'm taking the long walk. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be a good time. Just a stroll. 32 miles. Did mile Timmy stroll. tell you I'm doing a 10 mile? No, oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. wait, breaking news. Breaking news. In November, I'm doing a 10 mile walk. Okay. Nothing wrong with a walk. I'm calling it a hike because we're going to be in mountains. Yeah. Where? Smokies. Oh, sm- yeah. smoky. In the smokers. Where are you going to yeah. be? In Colorado? Tennessee. I'm not going to move so fast that my uterus needs a mesh brace or anything. Are they in right. Gatlinburg? Um, Somewhere around there? Somewhere around like that. Yeah. yeah. We have some friends who have a... Smoky Mountains. Oh, and, and you'll wear your Jonji gear. Of course I'll wear my oh. Jonji gear. You won't need it's a sling. It's going to look real good. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't yeah. have any Jonji gear. So I'm going to take the slow well, walk. Timmy I would time. like him to walk with me. I want to get you some Jonji gear. Timmy time. It's fantastic. It so you're really going to go with the slow yeah. stroll for 32 over. You got to run as much as you can half marathon. Yeah. I feel like a slow roll. If I got like a week, yeah, <laughs> I can make that what would, you, what would you do, Jeff? I would pick the, the slow as well, because I, I think the half marathon is one of the hardest races because you're running the whole time and you're trying to hit a PR and it, it hurts. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't happen for me. <laughs> well, there you that's all the questions hey! we have. Thank you, question. That was informative, I ladies and gentlemen. You know what? Not... Wait, one one last thing. Yeah. I think the herd knows that Marcy doesn't like to run. Obviously. I just, they're I just, pick, they're I just thought that. They're a yeah. smart group. Yeah. They mm-hmm. figured it they, out. They have a high EQ yeah. and yeah. IQ. Mm-hmm. An element of PQ. They've got me down. Yep. So they know yeah. that Marcy does not like yeah. to run. Ooh. Thank you. For making me feel known and loved. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's Marcy Baser. I think I was doing Sanford and Sons. Elizabeth! It's a big one. It's the big one. Elizabeth, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 167 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Cox. We're going to do that mid-state mile. We're going to do it. We're absolutely going to do it. It sounds like so much fun. And I love just the idea of everyone being together for the entire race. And you turn from competitor to cheerleader. I love that. So thank you, John, for joining us. Also, big thanks, as always, to the Bazers. Marcy, for bringing the fun and the funny. Timmy time for bringing the flowing locks. Goodness gracious. And our trail tip of the week comes from Diane. Diane says, Ziploc bags are your friend. Put real food in Ziploc bags on your next long run. PB&J, etc., to replicate the real food you'll be eating 
on the trail. That is a great tip. So if you're out there training, you got some long runs planned, make a little PB and J or whatever it is, whatever your food of choice at aid stations are, get your stomach ready for that. Thank you for that tip, Diane. And of course, the big thanks of the week, as always, is to our audio engineer who makes us sound so good. Steve Cinnamon Bear Saunders. Oh, yeah. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. I find I've been... I've been finding myself. That doesn't sound right. And a couple new callers. Check it out. Jan, check it out at johng.com. That is a, a perfect. <clears throat> yes, yeah, Steve, you'll have to add the music. I don't have the music in my new board. It's terrible. We need to fix it's that. Terrible time. All right, we're going to fix it.